Hello and welcome to Let's Talk, a brand new pop culture podcast brought to you by Rory Greenfield and Stuart Bridson. We're going to be delving deep into the histories of film, comic, TV, games, a little bit of music, and then also looking at things that are current and released now and in the future. Um, A few of you listening may have heard us before. We used to host a podcast called The Comic Pod, which focus more just on on the comic genre uh comics themselves films and now we're kind of branching out so it's good for us because we just get to talk about more of the things that both of us as entertainment junkies really enjoy Stu, how are you doing this evening yeah i'm good i'm excited to uh to get cracking on this our new little endeavor yeah we've been working on this quite a while to be honest it's probably been at least a couple of months in the kind of planning i'd say yeah, it's it's been going on behind the scenes and we've been doing what we needed to do. And then anyone who, who already follows us, presume the majority of people will be on Twitter. Yeah. Um, as already, you know, we've already explained what happened. We just wanted to, to break out from um, from AI, from the website that we were on. And we wanted to see what we could do on our own if we sort of expanded our horizons a little bit, talk about a few more things that, that are quite important to us and see where it'll take us so thank you for yeah. coming along with us hopefully we've managed to to bring a fair number of people over with us and yeah those five people listening one including my dad that'll be that'll be impressive numbers yeah, uh, if we can keep the magic five then all's good yeah i mean for from our perspective we we had a great time on what we used to do um i've also done things like film pods and you've done a bit of tv and, and i did some gaming and stuff here and there um and so it's kind of just combining what we love in that side of things into into one wholesome R-rated. Uh, I was going to say wholesome. Not family friendly. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, wholesome maybe not so much, but R-rated, crude, uh, rude. No, just our kind of take on all of these things, and it's good because if anyone listens to us or has them before, um, we we genuinely love doing this. Uh, we've had some great guests in the past, and we hope to continue that in the future. Um, and there's a lot to talk about. It's it's pretty expansive. If we're talking all generations and all, you know, it's pretty much an endless subject matter. And for us, we just wanted to talk, I don't know, about things that, you know, we both buzz over a certain series and we've never got to talk about it. And then, you know, it could be something quite obscure. It could be something mainstream. It could be the anniversary of something. Back to the Future, we talked on a movie pod about. And then we both basically went and watched the trilogy. Um, and it's good to be able to share in other people's, you know, opinions on what they love from their childhood and from now. Get those recommendations and lots of interaction. And, yeah, we're really looking forward to doing this because it's just something we we really have a kind of great passion for. So, to give a really simple introduction, what we decided to do was our top five of comics, music, games, films, and television series. Now, this is a very difficult task, and a lot of people don't like ranking things. I know it's not everyone's cup of tea because people find it literally impossible. And at times doing this list, uh, and I'll say even at this point, some of my top five could change within minutes seconds because it it's just it's all about how you feel in that moment especially music for me um but it's it's been really fun to do because you you start to look through 
your life and then you have some good memories about when you played this music for the first time you know was it on yeah i'll go old school was it on the tape when you first got it was it on an mp3 was it on a mini disc which i had back in the day i've, I've still actually got a hi-fi in the loft that's got me i have a hi-fi it was gonna it was gonna take off it was gonna be the thing i had a mini disc player in my first car yep and then, of course, it died on its arse because everyone realised, well, hang on a minute, USB seems to be sticking around. <sighs> they got screwed by the MP3. It's, yeah. it's, it, it's a tragedy. And it's Sony not... never saw it coming a mile off. They, they didn't see it coming. Go they had no idea that the iPod was around the corner and it's just screwed them. Um, I was I'm dead smug about it. Mini disc. Yeah, I love those little things. And I've still it, got it, a, bo- a box of them at home like because it was easy yeah. for doing mixtapes because it was all digital. It was such better quality. Track two records to space number two, and it's done. You didn't have to press record and then stop at a certain point. Yeah, it was so much easier. And then the little players—they were like, I'm sure they were like two hundred quid. It wasn't that cheap. Yeah, and it was—it was quite a niche thing. I, I did feel. I don't know, I'm quite privileged to own an MP, to own a mini disc player. I felt there was a certain sense of entitlement. You know, I was a bit of a music snob when I was probably like 14, 15. Oh, I, I still know. am. I was very yeah. smug when iPods came out because I thought, there's no way this is going to take off. No, look, I've got this digital player and it's like a cassette, but it's better. And it's not as hefty as those CD Walkmans, you know, those and big you chunky drop ones. drop on the floor and ride over it in a skateboard because the advert says you could and the discs are still fine. Yeah, and it was one of those things that was just, I don't know, it felt new and it felt exciting at the time. It and did, it was basically like just, it was just cassette version 2.0. And of course, <laughs> it died on its ass quicker than cassettes did. I know. And I don't think it's ever going to have like the cult status of a, obviously a cassette or a Betamax. Or, do you know what I mean? It's not going to have, it wasn't in movies no or anything. Them. I know. Like, like uh, CD Walkmans and cassettes have got a bit of a retro feel, but there were so few people had mini disc players. It yeah. was just going to skip retro and just die on its ass again. Yeah. Well, we'll try and keep the mini disc for all intents and purposes alive for, for, for the least in, in the next two minutes. Um, but the, the yeah. memory aspect, that's a really good one because I'm just looking through my list now and one of my games is on there purely for nostalgia purposes. And I can remember playing it as a kid with my dad. And when I think about it, I just get the biggest grin on my face. And I'll talk about it more when we actually hit the lists. And Yeah, it's, it, it, it you find when you're doing a list, there. it is a case of, you, it's a bit of soul searching as much as anything else. Because you said you went a lot with gut instinct. And yeah. and, and I do that with games. And I, and I do that somewhat with music. But I'm such a, film i was gonna say a film geek but i'm mainly a film nonce um and you can call me nonce film film fine i'm a comic nonce you are certainly a massive comic nonce um and the big thing is it it is a lot to do with what mood you're in because because one month to the next it could be right i'm really into sci-fi at the minute and i just want it you know watch as many sci-fi films like classics and then new age and all that kind of stuff. And then the next, next it could be like war films. It could be action films. It could be, I don't know. I don't really get the, the comedy buzz, but certainly it could be like MCU movies. Cause we, we both went through the big stage of rewatching all these films this year ahead of infinity war. And 
you just it just go through phases, don't you? And you, you know, and and even we we talked about like our top ten MCU films, which we might come back to at some point. Um, you will get used to talking if you're listening to this for for the first time. Um, and welcome. We will talk a lot about Marvel, and that's just because we both have a, a very shared passion towards it. Um, you'll get used to me talking about Scott Pilgrim. I'm extremely bored of that quite quickly, and Edgar Wright, and you know. If you like that kind of talk, then please stick around. Um, and if you like just, stuff like that, let us know. We we want to try and be a bit more yeah, interactive we and we, we want people to sort of guide us and let us know what you want to hear. Because at the end of the day, we, we've just opened it up now. We've gone from one genre to like five. So yeah. we've just multiplied our, our sort of base of potential topics by infinity, really. So please do let us know what you want to what you want us to talk about if there's anything specific you want to talk about or you want us to to go on about even if it's a game from 20 years ago there's a pretty good chance that we one or both of us might have played it we've both been gamers since we were kids i've been gaming since i was maybe certainly in single what was your what was your first console my first console wasn't actually a console it was an amstrad cpc 464 my my first proper console was a nes um, I had an Amiga, an Amiga 500, I think it was. And then I had an Amiga 600 because my Amiga 500 got nicked. Um, yeah. And that was, I think I got that when I was five or six. I think that, I might have been around the same. I was very, very young. And we and had it out in my dad's console was Mega Drive, I think is, is my first one. I was always a um, Nintendo boy. So it was NES and then SNES. Well, I was lucky enough to have a Game Boy at one one stage. So I, I you know, I, See, I kind I swapped, of even crossed though I was Nintendo a lot, Boy. Yeah. I went Game Gear. Oh, nice! Because the Game Gear had the uh, the full color screen. Do you know what the Game Gear was like? It, again, it was like the mini disc of its era, wasn't it? Because it, it was, the was size exciting. Of a house brick. It was massive, and yeah, you could have put it through a wall. And it had color games, man. And and when you've been used to the kind of black and white Game Boy, I know Game Boy Color. It kicked in not long after but you know it was it yeah it was quite a it was like a whole revelation it was like a revelation um and it's not really you know i think the handheld console is is obviously supremely worn out by nintendo over the years they just dominate the market understandably um but yeah there's been there's been a couple of moments i think i i don't really Actually, I'm going to put one game on my list. Oh, am I? God, top five is so hard. Right. Tell um, you what, why don't we start with games? We'll start with games. We're already on games. so Go on. Just reel off your top five and we'll okay. talk about them in more detail. Right. So this is gut reaction when I ask myself the question, what are my favorite games? Assassin's Creed 2, Mass Effect 2, God of War for the PS4, not the original. Nice. Batman Arkham City. And the nice. nostalgic pick, Super Mario Kart on the SNES. Oh, yes. Yeah, I I haven't got Super Mario. I, I would probably go Mario Kart 64 if it was on my list. Because, um, I yeah, I had some great times with my N64. It's one of my favorite consoles. Um, I've got a bit of a range. So, GoldenEye, N64. Yeah. Streets Rage 2, which is my first. Yeah, Mega Drive. Red Dead Redemption, quite an easy pick for me, yeah. and extremely buzzing about the forthcoming sequel. 
I'm going to throw in an old school one. I'm going to go Sensible Soccer, which was Amiga. Um, and it's kind of continued. I think I played it on the PS1 as well. It was on a couple of consoles. Um, that was designed by Sensible Software. It's a really cool game. They did Cannon Fodder and various others. They're a really cool uh, company back in the day. And then it's been a massive toss-up between loads and loads and loads for, for the fifth, really. Um, I think I'm going to go Shadow of the Colossus which was a PS2 title. Uh, it's not Square Enix. I can't remember who the developer is, but um, it's Japanese. You know, it's just a basically roaming around on your horse and fighting bosses, and that's it. There's nothing else. Um, they did a remastered version, which has come out on the PS4. Yeah, uh, I thought got. it sounded familiar. I'll lend you it on the PS4 when I've completed it again, because it's it looks amazing. It always looked amazing. Um but it's just a really, I don't know, it's just it's one of those games you feel. A bit like Zelda, which I know you've not got a Switch, but the, the new Zelda's got that same kind of feel when you're riding around on your horse and it's just open world landscape and it's just just fun, man. It's just great to explore that scenery. Um, I had loads of other stuff. Snap. Um, Ga- I had gaming was probably the hardest. was the Assassin's Creed game that was on the list, uh, but I, I didn't quite get to it. Last of Us, Metal Gear Solid. I had Metal Gear Solid 2 was my pick. At the rebooted Tomb Raider, you know the the, the more recent one, not yeah. the the last, you know, but the when they read redid the kind of franchise, uh, Mario sixty four, which is probably my favourite Mario game, GTA Vice City, which I'm now kicking myself that I didn't pick. Um, it's tough, isn't it? Because there's so many great games. I, you could do a top twenty without. I, without I usually to... could. I I tried to make sure I had a SNES in there. Um, Assassin's Creed 2 and, the, and Mass Effect 2 were both on the 360. Because yeah. that, that was my big sort of revival was when I got a flashed Xbox 360 and I could download my own games. And oh, I Because nice. then a game cost me like 70p. And it was, <laughs> I just went on the most relentless gaming mission of my life. But Super Mario Kart on the SNES, that's the nostalgic pick. Because in the, in the spare room in our house, instead of a couch, we had three single seats. And what me and my dad used to do was we'd pull out the middle seat and we'd share it so we'd sit next to each other. And you know what happens when you're on a driving game? As you go around a corner, <laughs> you lean. So me and my dad would be leaning into each other and trying to knock each other off and we'd be elbowing each other in the ribs. Mate, that's then, the best And memory. then when you get someone with the red shell or you're in front, someone's in front of you, and then just as you're about to go pack it past them, they chuck a banana out and you spin off and hit the side. It was just brilliant. That yeah. That's like proper... My, my head's just buzzing now with whatever chemical makes you feel nostalgic. And yeah, it's it's a nice feeling, man. GoldenEye 64. Uh, GoldenEye on, on the N64 is that for me. So it's, it's the four... It's the four-player mode. It's... You know, I don't know, even if it's like slappers only where you got no guns or you had golden gun. And you if you were good at strafing, which I was, and I prided myself on how quick I was in multiplayer, and I just whip around because it was my game, it was my house. So I think as a kid, if it's your game, you're usually kind of the, the expert. So you bring people around that you can kind of beat, essentially. <laughs> and me and my mate were pretty good and we were pretty close competition, but um yeah goldeneye was just such a legendary game for me and they uh, it's a I, I love the film and they just encapsulated it really well and i think i was one of the only people i'm not one of the only people hundreds of thousands probably did but i, I unlocked all of the cheats so you had like the paintball mode 
and you had like the the DK mode, so like you, you know where they had big heads, um, yeah. <laughs> and it's just it was just so much fun stuff, and unlimited ammo was just like the key on that, and um, all the extra weapons and extra levels, and it was it was such a great game for me. That was my real one, along with Streets of Rage Two, which is probably the game I've played the most because I ported it on everything, and I just love the soundtrack, which we're uh, coincidentally using. Um, I shouldn't say that for uh, legal purposes, but uh, we're using a version of it at one of when we're doing talking about games like this, um, and it's just for me. I, I love that like classic side scrolling, beating me up, you know, and and just complete it in two hours on on the hardest mode and just then play it again all over again. It was just ace. I I very very nearly put Red Dead Redemption in because and Skyrim came very very close. Yeah, out of a franchise, I've put more time into Assassin's Creed over everything. Yes, I've you have. One, twice, two, three times, and then all the other games I've played at least once. But some of them are a bit of a struggle to get through once, in my opinion. The, the first game is garbage. It's a big yes, it pile is garbage. garbage. Yes, but all the other ones I'm a big fan of. But Skyrim, I put. 200 hours into oh my word and I, I bought it again for the ps4 remastered and i sat down i created the character and i just went i can't do it i can't put that much nah, time starting you, off as a novel again it's too it, it's just too daunting because you only get really good on skyrim when you get the daedric armor and you're like okay. a stupid level and you've got all your powers and your weapons and you can twat anyone but when you start off and you've got like a rusty sword that's got like one damage point and you may as well be hitting people with sticks, yeah. it's just soul destroying and I just couldn't do it. Where massive I'm not do. I'm not one that would I I I haven't got that time. So my gaming peak era is not probably in the last ten years. I think what I've gravi- gravitated towards is 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 I used to, you know, when I had an Xbox 360, it was all about Halo 3 online, and I played that all, over and over again, and then Call of Duty, I don't know, the good ones, you know, the early ones, um, like Modern Warfare and things like that. And, everything, and they after were, the, everything after the first Modern Warfare was trash. No, Modern Warfare 1, uh, yeah, whatever it was, I, I really loved that game. That, that but, was COD 4, that was the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah it I, was. I played um, that, that's the longest I've ever dedicated to a game, mainly mates that I used to work with, we would work together all day, then we'd go home and we were a clan together. And yeah. we'd play four between four and six hours a night, six nights a week for nine months. And we I'd, were fucking good. We were brilliant. And now I think I'm I had an addiction at them. I think I had an addiction to Halo Three because I used to play until like one or two in the morning. So oh, when I when I did a late shift, I'd get in at half ten out of my tea. I could be gaming then from eleven till three, four, five in the morning easily. Then go and then you dream stuff. about it as well. And then I'd you still go and get it. six hours sleep. And then I'd go to work with the people I'd been gaming all night with. And then <laughs> it was just like that. And the only day we, we'd have one day of the week where we wouldn't do it on like a Saturday or a Sunday. Yeah. And life was, that was my pinnacle was the 360 days. I've never gamed as much or as regularly as I did then. No, I'm the same um, because it was kind of like post-uni, pre-kids, me and Laura yeah. used to work different hours and I just had a lot more free time. Well, that was, was it. For me, it was mainly yeah. the shifts, especially when you're on lates because I had nothing to do for like three, four hours when I came in. You don't yeah. come in off a late shift and just go to bed because otherwise you have no time. No, yeah. I, I must admit though, like moving, like God of War is a great shower. I Obviously, thought I played... you had God of War on yours. 
it's I, it's it, I love it, but I just I've got more out of those games. And like Red Dead Redemption is like my pinnacle because it just it combined everything I loved about the GT kind of formula, but with a much more interesting backdrop for me, you know. And and I I mean I love Vice City. Love GTA Three. Um, GTA Five is a great game as well. Um, we'll we'll do some kind of a preview near the um, near the time of Red Dead. Yeah, we will. But yeah, Red we will. Dead, I, well, I'd like to do a, a Rockstar pod as well. I've done one in the past, but it's just so good because there's so much you can talk about. Um, but Red, Red Dead is one of the only games in my life I've ever played where you can play it for four hours and not actually do anything of the story. You're just hunting, gathering flowers, going after bandits and stuff like that. And I would do that. I would come in from work and play for maybe just an hour. And all I'd be doing was I'd go up to the frozen bit and I'd be hunting bears. Yeah, well, I always went after, we talked about this. I I always went after the... Beavers. Yeah, it was beavers or something else like that. It was really hard to find. It was a smaller one because I think it was the beavers that just popped up in one patch. The beavers only only appeared around one lake in the frozen area. That's exactly what I'm thinking They had a really weird spawning because I used to research what the spawning intervals were. Yeah, so did I. And then you'd you'd go over here. Did you get guns for every five or six you collected or whatever it was? I can't remember what it was. they, They had this oil and that oil was the most valuable resource in the game so if you got three or four of them you'd go and make like a few thousand dollars yeah and the best thing for hunting was always the buffalo rifle because it was a one shot uh-huh. kill and you'd wait until a bear was literally about three foot in front of you blast it right in the face and then it's that when a be. bear crept up on you though man because there's a oh, couple yeah. of moments when you're well into it you just and you, you turn around you and just... go Shit! <laughs> it's a very yeah you do man and it, it did have that i think for me the big buzz about red dead i, I just loved and it was, it was a great kind of soundtrack to it which i own I, I got it on on itunes or something um and there's a Eddie Vedder song on there, which is really cool towards the end of the game. You know, when there's a title, you're walking through the woods and it's like the credits are rolling before the real end. Um, that's a really cool yeah, song. Yeah, I but, know what you mean. But when you went down to Mexico, you like Jose Gonzalez tracks and stuff. Yeah. And when you went to Mexico, the mariachi band suddenly kicked in as soon as you crossed like the border. I was it, like, that's it, so it subtle. It was when you were going across the big genius. bridge. Yeah. I remember it. It was just so genius, man. I, I loved that about it because... Other developers don't think of that. Do you know what I mean? They would have a great soundtrack or backdrop or whatever, but they don't think of, oh, we're in Mexico now. Wildlife and all of a changes. Sudden the, it's always trumpets, isn't it? Like you say, yeah, every other song. It's a like mariachi a mariachi band. band. It's just class. Um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get hyped about Red Dead Redemption too because it's coming quite soon and it's it's gonna be incredible. I'm sure. I, I'm, um, I'm earmarking at least minimum of like a hundred hundred and twenty oh, hours just for God, that. I just won't have it if I. I'm just gonna. I don't know, just not sleep. Just take a week um, off work. Stop sleeping. Minimal hygiene. It's so doable. It's not. You do not realise I have two kids <laughs> and a lot, lot going on. Um, right, let's move on because there's a lot to cover. Um, I'm going to hit music before I change my mind. So You first then, before you change your mind. So Radiohead in Rainbows, Arctic Monkeys AM, Air Moon Safari, Massive Attack Mezzanine, and then, God, this is hard because no changing. Come on, uh, block party, silent alarm. Okay, that's, that's me. I, I only I block party, silent alarm is like my first year of uni album, and I used to be a drummer, and I just absolutely adore everything about that album. Um, there's a lot of other things I could have chosen. 
Um, Music is probably the thing for me where I I could do like a top 50 and I wouldn't even break a sweat. And and it does, like I said, it changes on mood. It changes on everything. But those are are roughly the kind of gut instinct things I would go for. Just albums I probably played more than anything else. You know, I could have picked, I'm quite a big radio fan, as some people know, and I could have picked probably one or two or three of their albums in my top five. But you've got to kind of, think about other elements of your life and you know i grew up for a period just listening to constantly massive attack and 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 air moon safari i just always adored that album um just certain points in your life you know albums just just really stick with you like generational albums um and then arctic monkeys am is probably my more recent kind of thing and and i i'm a pretty big arctic monkeys fan i know you're not entirely but that album i think does win you over a little bit so well, and anyone that, mind you, most of my like real life friends don't listen to this, but anyone who actually has known me for a long time would not be surprised by this. My albums, I think, are all between 97 and I think the latest one is 2003. So rated R by Queens of the Stone Age. That Good is, shout. That's, that's my, a great shout. That is my driving album. That's a great driving album. Um Colour and the Shape by the Foo Fighters. It's another great kind of travelling album, adventure. Even album, though man. they're not my fa- they were my favourite band for ten years, and now I wouldn't piss on them if they were on fire. But that album will always that is the album that, that gets it's, my it's heart. The pounding. album, yeah. Um, Good Morning by Alkaline Trio. I was I really. Was I was yeah. I was late getting into Alkaline Trio, and that is easily okay. their best album for me because i liked it, it was left field child man just as they went from being really punky but before they got too poppy it was that perfect sweet spot of bit punk bit pop bit rock all in one and i, I love it um make yourself by incubus uh, it was close it was number six or seven yeah that was college for me make science, yeah me too science was first year and then make yourself i think was second year and then Hybrid Theory by Linkin Park, where that was first year of uni. And Linkin Park is one that Michelle and I could not have more different taste in music. But the one area where we overlap in the in the Venn diagram of music is Linkin Park. Yeah, here um, was me thinking it was Backstreet Boys. Here was me hoping. Well, no. We also both really like NSYNC. I fucking love NSYNC. But their what? album. Yeah, I love NSYNC. See, I'm a, I'm I've a very complicated quite person. A, I've known you for quite a few years now, and that's that's a shock, actually. That's that's quite a shock. Would you also if be you... shocked to know that before I had my grunge phase, my my musical awakening in the early '90s, I was really big on gangster rap. I know I'm not that surprised by that. Oh, I don't okay. know why. I, most people have a gangster rap phase. I, I had a brief one, but it was it was I'm, not great. I'm still in mine. But anyone that most of my music then was. I can't Al- keep alternative up rock and grunge, whereas now it's pretty much punk and ska punk and rock and classic rock and metal and basically anything with loud, smelly guitars, just loud and horrible. Yeah, that's the impression I got from you. But then you you do surprise a little bit because you adore Prince and he's not in any of those kind of genres. And there's bands in there that I could have put, like The Cure and The National Boxer is a great album, and like LCD Sound System and Avalanches and. Arcade Fire Funeral and there's loads man I, I mean I could do and then recently Ryan not Brian Adams Ryan Adams I'm a massive fan of and my music taste swings quite a lot so I, I like kind of acoustic stuff um, and I like that kind of era of 
things like Massive Attacks. And, I and could recommend some stuff, really yeah. good acoustic albums. If you've never heard Chuck Reagan. No. Chuck Reagan is brilliant. He's got a voice. Do you like Mark Lanigan's voice? Yeah. You'll like Chuck Reagan. He's got a similar sort of property where it sounds like he's got a throat full of gravel. Yeah. Really, really good. I'm, There's I'm a, loads I'm, of people, I'm man. It's really hard. Total yeah. music snob. Because when in my pump, I used to go to like maybe three or four gigs a week between Liverpool yeah, and Yeah, I used to go to about 40 or 50 a year when I was at uni, but not quite three or four a week, but a lot. I, I Well, I used to go to like the little six pound ones at night and day and I can't yeah, yeah, yeah. up to anything at the arena, whereas now I tend to manage maybe four or five a year. Yeah, I was, I It was tough to not put anything by Ghost on the list because I love Ghost. Rise Against only just missed out. Prince, I was, it was a toss up between Purple Rain and Hybrid Theory, but I had a quick look on Last FM, and Hybrid Theory is one of my most listened to albums. So I, 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 I tried to be a bit more, clinical. I'm not a million miles away from putting a Beastie Boys album online, actually. So again, and 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 Beck and the Black Keys, and I don't know, man. There's so much Bonnie there as well. Um, I am quite eclectic in my music taste. I like to think and. It's good. I like people that just are happy to like what they like. I'm not a music snob like I used to be because it's individual, man. You can't you can't tell people no, what to like and what I, not to like. I can and I will. I'm, yeah, I'm, well, def- I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit I'm one of those people that frequently uses the line, yeah, but when I saw them or I like their older stuff. Because I, uh, humble brag moment, I remember seeing Biffy Clyro on their first tour yeah at liverpool uni and it was a little room that held about 100 people and it was really it was really fucking good because their first album was brilliant and when i got home i was talking to my dad about it and he went which, which room is it and, I, and he explained where it was and he went oh yeah i saw the who there in like 1965 oh i was like fuck off dad I, well I was exactly really happy and then <laughs> Well, Biffy were good yeah. back in the day, man. That was good. Their first couple of albums, I adored that. Is anyway. it Black and Sky? Was that album one? Yeah. Or was that album? Yeah. See, that was my era of Biffy, and I saw them live. Then, yeah, and I've seen a couple of people in in tiny venues. You know what I mean? That that have gone on to do really good things. I I saw Arctic Monkeys at Leeds Festival, and they did have a buzz, but it was before their first album was released. But because it was the era of like everything being bootlegged. Like everybody knew the tracks and it was a tiny little indoor stage and it was full and you couldn't get near it because everyone had caught, caught the buzz already. And that was pretty cool. And I saw Arcade Fire in a tiny little room, uh, a tiny little venue in Leeds again. And I don't know, it's good when that happens. There's bands, what, I you think know, this, when you're I think uni, this is something we should do on, as a show. I think we should do a show about our favourite gigs. That's a really good shout. Because I, really I have been, I've got a little zip up wallet in, I, I keep all my um I, I had a list of all of them on my phone. You know, like yeah. the notes section on a phone. So I, I did them all the and I chronologically did them. I keep all my tickets if I can. And there's some really weird ones that you forget about entirely. Like I saw the Zootons and can't remember a thing about it. <laughs> Mainly because that was shit. But like I saw Kanye West in London, like 
probably 15 years ago Ooh. now. I know, but I saw him when he was good and he had a backing <laughs> orchestra. Um, he had like an orchestral backdrop, but the best thing about that was Lupe Fiasco who supported him and he was fucking mint. But it's it's mad, isn't it? Because you just, you know, you do things when you're younger and you go to gigs in London, you go to gigs all over just because you love that band. Oh, it's, yeah. It's great. Um, I went yeah, to, that's a really good London, pod to do. There was one just before we move on. I've got to get this one in. I saw Less Than Jake uh, six times in six days in London. They did they did an anthology tour where in in London where they played... That's ridiculous. They, every night they played an album in its entirety. So I took a week off, went and stayed <laughs> with a friend and went to the same place. It was at the Astoria. Yeah. Six nights on the trot. And each night they did a different album start to finish, including B-sides and other things from around that era. So they did all the classic things. And then they did like three classic and then three modern ones. And that's it really cool fucking man. unbelievable and that they're probably my most seen band either less than jake or real big fish i think because of my era of every music. Year. yeah they play a lot don't they? they they do a lot of touring they tour most years um i think because because of uni like the bands that get big at that time you'd see them over and over again i saw like bands i didn't want to see over and over again because they always support you the bands yeah. you like so i saw the cribs about four times and i don't like the cribs at all no. um but they're a leeds band so it's where you go to uni so it's the union leeds um i saw block party five or six times uh for a, for a period just over like two years i just went to every gig around the northwest and and you know the, the north of the country and yeah i haven't seen I've seen Chili Peppers over the years a few times, Radiohead and stuff at festivals. And um, the band I, I love the most. So I went to see the Chili Peppers when I lived in Ireland briefly um, in Dublin, this huge outdoor thing. And I'll be honest, the one they the weren't. Castle. They, uh, was that Slane, been, was that Slane Castle? It wasn't Slane Castle. It was somewhere outdoors. Right. It, was, it was a park somewhere. I can't remember which one it was. It was in Dublin, um, like North Dublin, but I can't remember. And the Pixies supported them. And it was the first time the Pixies had been back together. Without, I know the, the female bass player who's in the Breeders wasn't there. She'd never come back. But um, they were just amazing, man. And they supported them and I loved them. And I didn't really, the Pixies was before my time because it was pre-Nirvana. You know, it was it was kind of the start of grunge, I guess. They were the ones that kicked it all off. Yeah, um, them, them and like R.E.M. Uh, credited as being sort of pre-grunge. I, yeah that that's my fucking era anything grunge late 80s into early 90s that's when musical stew woke up and all of a sudden was like whoa yeah me whoa. too yeah and then i went through all the new metal stuff and incubus was a standout of that kind of area era for me i saw them at the same gig that you saw them all those years ago and then and we went to that gig a few weeks ago which yeah was cool. that, that was our most recent gig yeah that's my most recent i've got a couple i'm going to see martha and the bandellas um who does like nowhere to run, you know, old 70s soul Motown. I said, she's supporting a band and I don't care about the band, but I wanted to see her. So I'm going to see that Albert Hall. And then I think I've got, I think that's it this year. But I've got I, I do flag on the 2nd of November. So punk band. And I've got less than Jake and real big fish on the middle of November. Of course they're playing together. And then they usually do every year or two. And then I'm sure of, Oh no, I'm still waiting on rise against tickets. Yeah. 
So yeah. I, I'm looking that's forward to doing a music pod. Yeah, that really is good because I I thought music would be really tough to talk in 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 pod terms because it it's it's really difficult and we have quite different taste. But I think the gigs one will work and it'll be nice. It'd be really good to get some good interaction on that because people do look fondly back. It might be a really shit band and you had the best time of your life. Do you, that's the weird thing about yeah. gigs. It can just hit you at the right point. Um, I, I used to love all the dirty venues in Leeds I used to go to and see all these great bands before they really got big and I think that's what you did when you were when you had time and you were a student I guess and it changes when you get older I saw Massive Attack a couple of years ago for the first time in Manchester and they were just astounding and it's it sometimes surprises you what 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 is real and what's not because you think like electro bands you think it's mostly produced it's not not a band and then when you see it and it's a band and they produce it live you're like shit that's quite incredible so yeah they were one of those um let's move on uh let's do comics you will probably talk forever i will not talk so much okay. anyone that needs to get used to us um Stu is a big comic guy i'm probably the big film guy i guess that's that's where we'd be leading towards yeah. um but comic, we crossed over is where i is where i shine now we we've done our lists differently so rory's done his more on storylines like arcs whereas yes. i've done my my i had a big revival in the last couple of years of reading a shitload i was getting like 30 comics a month and which had, is quite insane actually mental. that's a lot of reading and i've had, i've had to stop now because a i can't afford it and b i've got no room to store all the bloody things so what i've done is i've gone off my top five that i've been reading over the last two years rather than like a historical because if it was historical everyone knows straight away i'd say green lantern and batman well yeah exactly my, that's my, what you would say my number one over the last couple of years has actually been the flash the flash has been story-wise and especially artwork-wise absolutely unparalleled it it looks better than any other comics i think i've ever read in my life and i highly recommend it uh number two slightly topical at the minute is venom uh the marvel did now dc did a reboot a couple of years ago that they called dc rebirth and now it's just the dc universe Marvel did one semi-recently as well, where they called it Marvel Now, and I'm on about the Now Venom, which ended a couple yeah, of years ago. Yeah, I read the, the Birth of Venom a while back, which is pretty cool. But, Birth of um, Venom is brilliant, but the, this yeah. more recent one, it's when the symbiote has gone away to this other guy called Price, and then it's just come back to Eddie. That that block of of about maybe a year is what I'm talking about. They've just done another reboot of Venom, and I don't like it. And it's one of the re- one of the the titles I was sort of glad to see the end of, because the artwork's changed and I don't like it. And they've gone a really stupid direction with the explaining the symbiotes. Like now there's a god of the symbiotes, and now Venom can sprout wings and fly, and it's just gone a bit stupid. Um, third, yeah. Green Arrow, because Green Arrow is the only thing really that comes close to the Flash in terms of the artwork and the story. Yeah. Um, number four, Daredevil has been, over the last year, I've been on a massive Daredevil kick because I went on a huge buying spree. So between things like Guardian Devil and Born Again and then Back in Black and then the original run that Frank Miller did, yeah, I picked up so much Daredevil stuff that I absolutely love. Um, and then- Daredevil, for anyone that knows, is, is yeah, you'll hear us talk a lot about Daredevil, especially because it's a... 
season three upcoming that oh my god the trailer is incredible but yeah for me it's it's two of mine as well which which would be born again and back in black because the artwork in back in black is my favorite artwork of any kind of comic book in recent times i guess because it's not not that long ago um and born again is just such a great story and it is kind of classic you know storybook writing born again it, it feels yeah i don't know i i'm not as big a comic book reader but it's that's it's a great story driven and, and this is what the artwork in back and black is just just mind-blowing for me it's amazing and this is what season three of of daredevil is loose based is. on so yeah that's going to be a good thing i don't think it'd be that loose either so that's going to be quite interesting it is going to be quite the only bit they're cutting out really is how kingpin learns his identity because obviously in the comic it's to do with karen and yeah, Karen's a junkie, isn't she? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's a junkie whore. And that, yeah, that's not being I don't think they'll in, go down that route. She, she no. genuinely is. She's been in porno films and she's hit seven levels below rock bottom. And it would be up- intriguing. I know they're not going to go that way, obviously, but it'd be intriguing if Karen does. We, we kept talking about Karen a lot, maybe hitting rails. So it will I, be quite interesting what happens with her. Yeah. And then my last one is Green Lanterns, as in plural. So Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz, the two most recent Earth Green Lanterns, because there's been two titles, there's been this, and then there's been Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, which has been a bit more generalised about the whole Green Lantern Corps, whereas Green Lanterns has focused mainly on Earth 2. And it's weird because now they have to work as partners. They can only charge their rings together. And there's been a really good dynamic where Simon Baz is quite reckless and he used to carry a gun with him because he was always worried that one one time, what if he had a problem with his ring? No pun intended. He, he didn't want to feel defenseless. And it was actually... Batman. Who doesn't need a gun when they have a problem with their ring? Yeah. I mean, that's that's crucially the time. And it was actually Batman that, that talked some sense into him. And since then, he stopped carrying it. The other one, Jessica, Gru- uh, Jessica Cruz, she's she struggles really badly with social anxiety. And throughout the course of this, she's gone from not being able to make any constructs, which is a huge part of the Green Lantern um, power set. You know, if you wanted to, like, catch someone that was falling out of a tree, someone like Kyle Rayner would make, like, a giant baseball glove or a trampoline. She wasn't able to visualize them because she had so many inner demons that she couldn't get she couldn't get past. Yeah, And over the last couple of years, she's fought through that and she's now actually one of the most powerful Green Lanterns to the point where she twatted Guy Gardner. Nice. Which, it's been really interesting because they've given her a really human angle where her problems impeded on her ability to be a hero, but then ultimately See, her being a hero is what's helped to get through her ability, her, her problems. That's quite rare for a comic book. I, I mean, Very. comic book characters invariably have problems to overcome. It's generally from childhood and it's generally from parents and whatnot. But it's quite interesting for a comic to do a quite a modern take on on someone's you know emotional state. I think that's quite an interesting one. I might have to check that out. It was. You're it, huge. It, you're huge. Uh, anyone who doesn't know, uh, Stu is the Green Lantern go-to for, for pretty much anything. Green Lantern was my initiation to comics because I went to... I went to the news agents. It was old four boys um, nice. with me mate. And he was massively into Superman and Batman and me being me, I wanted to collect something that nobody else had. So I didn't want Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, X-Men, anything like that. And I looked at the cover of Green Lantern. I think it was 63. And I just went, whoa, 
what is this? And he explained what was going on and I went, yep, that's mine. And (laughs) since then, that's been my thing. Nice. Um, Go on, let's have yours. So I said there's a couple of Daredevils, Born Again and Back in Black. Uh, Batman Year One because it's oh, it's probably one of the earliest ones I've read, and I, I I love that kind of origin story of Batman. I think it's 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 really interesting take. We both adore Batman Begins the film, and this I, I like the parallels and stuff. And it, it's um, the side of the origin story that doesn't get told as much. Everyone knows exactly. about the whole, you know, his parents get killed and what happened. But the way it, anyone that doesn't know the Year One is literally it's talking about Bruce Wayne's first couple of outings as batman you know he goes out he's totally unprepared and he doesn't really know how he's going to do what he's going to do and i like when a superhero is not fully formed sometimes it's a more interesting take it's one of the rare times where you see batman get his ass handed to him and he's not in control of any situation yeah um it's tricky to i'll i'll do the other one walking dead days gone by which is uh the kind of first volume of the walking dead which parallels series one of um which the show. was that was that um, like, was that the first 20 something issue it was like the first yeah it's like a quarterly thing isn't it with them so it's 20 yeah. or 30 issues um and that is it's pretty much exactly what you'd expect so it's it's rick waking up in hostel it's meeting morgan it's meeting all these characters it's going to atlanta on the horse and then the, the famous tank scene oh, um yeah. and it's if, just if anyone's not read the Walking Dead comics, you think the TV show's graphic, you want yeah. to see how much oh my God, yeah. violence is in the comics. They yeah. do not pull any punches, and it looks incredible, and it's all they're in black so and white. They're just so different. Yeah, they're just so different. The black and white element of it, the storytelling's great, the character development's really good. And that first, I mean, that first series of Walking Dead is just... Uh, it's a phenomenal piece of television, but it just mirrors so well what they did in the comic. And yeah. obviously the, the the series has gone by and changed from what the comic did and dynamics and, and things loosely. like Daryl. Yeah. Darryl stuff like that. But Carol. I think where, those really initial days, uh, it just, it worked so well to take it page for page almost. I think they just did a great job of that on both sides of the things. Um, yeah. And then one, just cause it's so recent and so relevant is infinity gauntlet. It's mad as shit. Don't get me wrong. And Thanos is a lovesick, lovesick kind of puppy. And it's really bizarre, but I kind of love it. Cause it's got so many other kind of iconic characters, not you Avengers that we know now necessarily a lot more X-Men orientated and a lot, a lot of different aspects of it and all the kind of galactic stuff in there. Um, but it's just so relevant with what, what's happened this year you know and what will happen with avengers 4 next year and yeah it's, it was just something i really enjoyed reading um i read it after uh, i've read it before on and off but not i didn't remember it because it's so weird but um it was fun it was fun and and I, and I liked seeing where they took the right elements of thanos and brought him into 2018 almost you know so it's it's yeah, so it's tough, man. I, I self-confessed don't read as many comics as Stu. I mean, not many people I know do. Uh, there's a couple of ex-guests that might might rival you just. Um, but I mean, I'm I'm slowing down now on the on the physical stuff. The only things I'm still getting at the minute has been Hunt for Wolverine, which is where Wolverine nice. come back from the dead for about the fifth time. Yeah, what a um, shock. And there's a couple of ongoing series now. There's one called Doomsday Clock, which DC are doing, which is basically a crossover between the main DC universe and the Watchmen, um, which has been the most recent issue has had the return of uh, Dr. Manhattan. 
which has been pretty cool. Yeah, they're making but, another TV. Well, they're making a TV series, obviously made a film from Zack yeah. Snyder. So the TV show seems like it's got some good buzz around it, some good casting and good people behind it. So that might be pretty pretty awesome. But I'm I'm moving more into into digital now because I, I physically don't have the space. But the, I use the, Comixology because the only time I get to read things like that is probably on the train. You know, it's it's not easy for me to uh, you know to to find the time at home same with gaming really and that's why a switch is kind of good because it's portable as well as being able to yeah. play on the telly so you've got to got to adapt you know you've got to find your time and your ways to, to do these things because we're both man children as such oh i'm i'm such a up. man baby yeah you really are but if, if anyone's got any we've had a few people that have asked us this in the past and i love doing it if anyone's looking to get into comics or wants recommendations of individual titles or yeah. like collected editions, shoot us a message or a private message or something or a, a, a message on Facebook and I'll I'll help as much as I can because I've always relied on this sort of second well, knowledge from and other I, people. You know, for me, I read comics growing up um, on and off, but, you know, I was more music and sports and games and, you know, it wasn't my major thing. Um, and I've kind of been turned back onto it and then in turn we'll probably pass that on to my son and it's it's a nice thing but it can be quite intimidating I'm genuinely honest it, it you know from a from a neutral's perspective you, you look you could go into a comic book shop and go where the hell do I start do you know what I mean yeah. what do I read first what character do I like okay great but then there's about six different versions of this one one from the 80s and the 90s and then one from the last 10 years it's really difficult and it's really difficult to know where to start and what to like and and you do people have all got quite individual you know comic book guys have got really quite unique different tastes on what they like um so if you find something in a character you like ask about that character and read that. And then maybe, you know, Daredevil will turn you on to the Punisher and then obviously crosses over into to New York with Spider-Man. So that might do that and Venom and whatnot. So it's it's cool how that happens. And it, it is difficult. It, like I said, from a neutral's perspective, there's so much. And it's just great because, you know, there are so many opportunities to read great comics. There's some particularly not great comics and you will stumble across them and go, what the hell is this? Because it's not, you know, they're all very different and everything's very different. It's like stumbling onto a bad film that you think is going to be great. So, yeah, Stu's a good guy for recommendations. We know a couple of other great people as well. Um, good friend of ours, Joey Connors, is is literally Mr. Spider-Man. He knows everything. And Marco Lopez isn't far behind. And it's it's great. It's, it's, it's good that you know these people. So if you do want us to talk about this stuff, do you want any recommendations? Yeah, do drop us a line. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll move on. Tell you what, should we do TV next? I think TV and, and end with film. That's the natural, yeah, natural progression. You hit me with five. I'm very right. intrigued what your top five is going to be on TV. Okay. Again, these are gut picks. Transformers, something. Um, strangely, no. Okay. Although now you've said it, I really should have put Transformers <laughs> Generation One on because I grew up on Transformers. Yes, you did. Yeah. Bastard. Right, okay. Um, community. Parks What's and Rec. Parks mm. and Rec is probably my number one. It is one of the funniest, most well-made... I knew you were going to say Parks and Rec. clever ensemble cast shows you will ever watch. It's a great cast, yeah. Um, Futurama. I went, okay. I went Futurama. I did originally have The Simpsons, but I can't discount the fact that 
three quarters, maybe two thirds of The Simpsons has been absolute garbage. And I, I, I had to do it on an, as an entirety. Otherwise, it would have been Simpsons seasons one to eight and then yeah. nothing afterwards. Because once they did the whole Armin Tamsarian thing, The Simpsons pretty much died and everything became really stupid. Yeah. Um, number four, Daredevil. It's um, on my list, obviously. Because yeah. Daredevil season one and season two are some of the most accurate, faithful portrayals of, of comic that you will ever see. I'd, I'd probably also, say the most, I, in terms of TV terms. In, I, in terms of live yeah. action, if you were going to go animated, I should have done top five real and top five animated because I also needed to put Batman the Animated Series you get this there's plenty of time lots of podcasts to be made so we'll, it's fine. we'll do one specifically on animated shows because then i am in my fucking in fact you oh, don't even oh, need to come fun. on on that one i could just that? do an hour on my own <laughs> <laughs> just me going fuck am i gonna get a word in here because it'll just be you ranting about yeah. Yeah, animated tv shows and then Have you got one more yeah, yeah one more a more recent pick brooklyn 99 I thought you might go Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I, I rave about it so much, not just because it's a good show, but because the representation side of things, it's got such a balanced cast. It's got a mix between men and women, white, black, Latina. Um, they've got good representation of um, lesbian, gay uh, characters. It's it's the funny, episode, but it's um, clever. It, the the they, episode with the, the racial issues about being a black detective when he's not in his police clothing when, is, when is Terry really... gets arrested yeah. and then they, they yeah. did another one last year which got so much praise where they did about a live shooting situation where yeah, one of the did. officers gets called into a live shooting and it was a really harrowing look bearing in mind this is like a 22 minute it's, comedy it's a very episode. very comedy based and they're very clever how they do this um it's it's somehow like... you need the comedy element just to take that edge off but they they really do hit some quite interesting subject matter but so funny they do a couple per season where it really gets you but the active shooter one they got so much praise from like police unions saying yeah that's what it's like you know we're all stood around and we're all waiting for a radio call but then when it comes in we don't want to listen because we don't want to know if you know such and such a body's been shot if someone's been shot oh god who is it no i can't listen but it's then, amazing we're talking about this way of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, not about the comedy of it. But, That's what surprises the, you. But when you look at the comedy, when you look at Andy Samberg as the main character and Andre Brower is the driest. It's their relationship. Man. And also uh, Joe Latruglio. Yeah, Charles Boyle. Those three together. And I do love all the other characters. Terry's great and Amy's great. Um, and I, I love Hitchcock and Scully. They're just hilarious. But there's um, no weak characters. That's the thing. Whenever I look at it, I sit down and go... Gina oh, drives I, me a bit I, crazy. I love but... such and such a body. And then, but then you get to the ones that aren't in it as much like Scully and Hitchcock. But you think, but they get some of the best one-liners. Well, I like, I like Adrian Pimento as well. Yeah. Um, Pimento, he's hilarious, man. Pontiac Bandit, he's only oh, in... Oh, Craig one, Robinson is a brilliant one, guy, man. One episode he, a season, and it's usually the best episode of the season. Well, I like the Halloween episode every year. Um, yeah, and they have but, tropes every year. They do Thanksgiving, they do Halloween, they do the Pontiac Bandit. Yeah, it's and, got that kind of... It's it's just such a well-done thing. It, it really is. Um, yeah, I, I, I only tuned into it this year, man. I'd never really 
thought I'd like it and I watched it all and I adore it. I think it's hilarious. And, well, th- this yeah. year I've done rewatches of Community yes, you Parks have. and Rec, Brooklyn Nine-Nine and How, how I Met Your Mother. mother. Yeah. And the next one I'm going to tackle is Scrubs. I wondered how I Met Your Mother might be on your top five, actually, because you are a fan. I'm a massive fan and it's probably my favourite sitcom. I put it yeah. Friends because I think it does Friends, but a lot better. But I can't put it on because that last season was so bad. I know, but I love her. I love the mother. Yeah. I love her. I think she's amazing. I I mean, Kristen Maloney. Yeah, she's just. The scene when she's singing with the banjo, it's like Christ. Oh, um, La Vienne Rose. Yeah, I was just like, yeah, that's. Well, I've I've got a little ukulele and I'm going to learn to play that. Nice. Yeah, it's quite have the same impact. I, no. <laughs> the same impact. People, people um, might cry if they hear me sing, but not for the same reasons. He's <laughs> <laughs> doing it again. Um, mine are very different to yours, actually. I thought you might go down the kind of comedy-esque route. Um, you didn't go for Game of Thrones. No. I mean, how? Why? What's I went wrong off, with you? I went off gut. And me gut but but Game of Thrones, things. man. Uh, right well game of thrones tops my list comfortably um because it just does i've rewatched it once all the way through but we, we both adore it we're both I'm, quite I'm excited to talk about the, it before the last season it's just it's just because it isn't it's not traditional tv i'll always say this because it's like feature length films isn't it especially like battle of the bastards and hard home and you know the big episodes the big grand episodes and, and red wedding it's it's just iconic and superb and the cast i love and the stories i love and it's so complicated with a lot of the characters and stuff but dragons man you know dragons like ice dragons it's just gonna be incredible um i've gone for breaking bad it's quite obvious um a lot of people watch breaking bad or hundreds and thousands of people have watched breaking bad it's just the show for me that's just got incredible character development and that massive arc where he's gone from just being a teacher to a drug lord and the way they do it is superb um i watched it a little bit before the buzz i you know i watched it before the last season started airing on netflix and weekly so i had to wait for those last few kind of crucial episodes but they really did do a great payoff one of the second or third to last episode of that last series is just a great great episode it's it's really well done um daredevil yeah, no explanations needed. We will talk a lot about Daredevil. And then it gets quite tricky for me, actually, because True Detective Season 1 is probably my favourite like standalone series of nearly anything. And I've avoided Season 2 because of how poor the reviews were and what people I trust, like yourself, have said about it. I was trying to watch one episode and I was just so damn bored. I was like, I just don't want to ruin season one. So I probably, it probably still makes my top five, even though it's just one episode, uh, one season. Um, After that, it's really difficult. I've got things like the X-Files in there from like when I was younger and Sherlock and The Walking Dead before it got shit. Would have been high on mine, but the latter years of the X-Files, it got so confusing. Yeah, and I just knows first. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. I remember the first two seasons because it was when it shit 
my pants level of, of being a young person watching like tombs or catacombs or whatever that that one is um, oh, i loved him he was yes. ter- he freaked me out for years. i probably had nightmares for years after i that. had nightmares yeah. for a long time after a lot of the yeah. x-files but especially him that image of him going through the ventilation when yeah. scully's going for a bath and you can see oh. the hand stretch oh. Gen- that's genuinely giving me chills and that was yeah what, me about too ni- 93 94 exactly so i was about 10 years old and i just oh my god i can't believe my parents let me watch that my parents um, didn't let me watch that i just used to go upstairs and watch it nice and no, then I've lie there it, at night like a whole family event death. watching something shit scary and i don't like scary things that's probably why to be honest um i i've got stranger things potentially in the top five as well because I've just got so much love for that show. And I just think to do something that takes you back to all that stuff in the eighties that you grew up on so successfully, it's just quite, you know, they did it so well and that it probably does make sneak in my top five. Um, the other thing that probably would have been in there, but they've killed it is red dwarf. Um, See, I, I toyed with it. Red dwarf was the first show I ever got obsessed with. I yeah. used to watch that with me dad when I was like eight, nine. Yeah, years we old. all watched it as a family, man. It was just well, it I, was, I used to watch shows. it with me dad, and me mum doesn't know. And if she knew that me dad let me watch that, and I never used to know what some of the things meant, and I no, watched it now in in like my twenties and thirties, and go back and watch the first few seasons and go, shit. <laughs> Well, if you didn't if you didn't go around in the playground calling people smegheads, you haven't lived, in my opinion. That's well, I used to go around calling people a gimp. Of course you did. And, of course you did. <laughs> like in primary school, calling people a gimp and a gimboid, and thinking it's like, ah, oh, but it's not really swearing. Then you grow up and you're going, <laughs> yeah, okay, gimp's a little bit a bit close to the bone, but smeg was the it was the perfect way of swearing. Oh, it was swearing. the way of swearing without swearing. My mum used to go, my mum used to go ape shit at me, and I'd be like, mum, it's not even a real word. And <laughs> my dad was like, well, he's got you there. It was, oh. I, it was so, it was so good, man. And I it used was to good love... because it was cheap as hell. All the special that, it's effects. What, that, was the, that was it. That was the payoff, wasn't it? It was that kind of great, grimy looking sets. Those crap fade away, you know, when they had the spaceship was with someone with a piece of string with a kind of painted background and they were blasting it off. It was just so, but it was the humor. It was one of the best written shows um, for a long time. Really good humor. And I mean, since as things come along, Peep Show and and, and in between the stuff on Channel 4, really good British comedy that's really well written. Um, but back then, that was the pioneering kind oh, of program yeah. for me. Um, that, that, yeah, that it was, was my, it was great. That it was, was great. one of my awakening. Um, the there's a lot with TV. Yeah. Oh, completely for me as well. Um, and again, The Walking Dead. You asked me three years ago, I probably would have had that on the list. Do you know what I mean? Quite near the top, but they've just killed it. And we talked about this a few times. Um, and you will get to hear us talk about The Walking Dead because it is big in terms of what we do. And we did both adore it for many years. Um, but you know, yeah, The Killing's another one. Um, and I, I like the American version actually. I haven't watched the. Scandi version, Norwegian, Swedish, whichever it is, um, version. But the American version, I really like. Um, there's loads of good stuff with TV. It's it's really difficult. Uh, I haven't watched The Wire, and people always shout at me for that. Um, and that's on most people's lists. I haven't watched The Sopranos all the way through. It just doesn't really appeal to me. 
Um, and I haven't watched the West Wing, which people always would vote for in these kind of lists, you know. But it's all personal. You can't watch everything. And, I mean, you watched nearly everything, but you can't watch all of it, you know. It's yeah. too much telly now. There's too much choice. There's I don't watch regular telly ever. I watch, you know, um, I watch streaming everything now, basically. So anything on Netflix or Prime or, or Sky on demand, whatever, it's, that's, that's essentially it. I, I don't watch normal telly except the odd thing nowadays so it is hard um line of duty is really good and the, the stuff they produce Broadchurch on itv a few years back was, was great david tennant and olivia coleman and the night manager is great I, I do like all that kind of stuff as well the, the bbc itv stuff if it's done really well um we, sherlock as well i briefly mentioned i know you're a fan yeah we, we should probably do God, films is huge yeah hit me with yours because I could change mine in a minute. Right. I've, I've tried to be sensible and I've tried to... I could just do top five and they would all be comic films. So I've tried to limit myself to only one MCU film and have a bit of variety. Number one, as always, is Transformers, the animated movie from 1986. <laughs> always <laughs> will be. I watched it again a couple of days ago and it still kills me. Um, Dark Knight, because... Yeah, I knew that would be there. Dark Knight, yeah. Um, Captain America Civil War, still... Civil War? Okay, okay. I yeah. thought you'd have Winter Soldier, but okay. Well, I tried to limit myself, otherwise I was going to have... Jesus, you them. really are just going all superhero films. Okay, interesting. Um, number four is Seven. Nice. I am obsessed with Seven. Have well, we happened. both share that Fincher kind of dark, yeah, thriller. And then the last one, I was very, very close to Shawshank Redemption. And then just at the last second, I just went, no, because dinosaurs, Jurassic Park. <laughs> Do you know what? You're, I think you should have a T-shirt um, because dinosaurs. I, I just, I think that would suit you. You know, like any argument with you, you just turn around and say no, because dinosaurs. Um, yeah, I'm not surprised by that. Oh, God. Picking five is movies is the hardest thing. When we talked about this, I I put twenty down. Like fucking hell, within within two minutes, it's it's really difficult for me because I adore film. It's kind of my nonce. I am a film nonce. Um, there's a couple of go tos that would always make my top five, no matter what. Um, one is Goodwill Hunting, um, which I adore. Uh, it's one of the best scripted films of all time, and I love Robin Williams in that film. It's a really powerful film. Shawshank Redemption, again, would make my top five. I can't ever not. And The Dark Knight would always make my top five because it's just the point where Nolan really does peak with my kind of love of comic book genre and action and spy. And, you know, it's it's we, we've talked about it. It's kind of how we met in terms of podcasting. If you go way back, we did a podcast together and we talked about The Dark Knight and it's a film you could just talk for hours about. There's so much intricacies and complexities, but I'm not going to do that right now. After that, it gets a little bit muddled because there is a lot of things on my list. And, you know, not having a Fincher film in there would feel like I'm doing a betrayal to my favorite director. So I would put Fight Club in my top five. And after that, I'd probably go for Almost Famous. Which is really, yeah, no Scott Pilgrim. 
No. Because um, as much as I love Scott Pilgrim, oh, fuck. It, it, yeah, no Scott Pilgrim. Just. Wow. Okay. I I thought that would have been like number one straight out. Yeah, I know. But no, not quite. Because <laughs> I, I, it's, it's, it's certainly in there. I've got it listed, you know, in the top 10, but it's, it's so difficult. Almost Famous is just... It's it's one of those films. It's Cameron Crowe film. Um, he did things like Jerry Maguire and this and and various, but it's 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 following bands around in an era of music I I loved. Um, and it's I don't know if it's I can't remember who it's about specifically. I think it was about him when he was he was younger, um, writing for Rolling Stone and and following a band. And it was about you know all the artists along the way and the sex, drugs, and rock and roll of that era. Um, and it's just one of those films that combines my love of music and film and it just, yeah, adore it. Um, and Fight Club kind of goes without, you know, goes without much explanation, really. I just think it's it's Fincher at his best, I, along I with Bob things like Seven. Bit. And yeah, I Fincher, I just adore Fincher. And uh, yeah, the script of that, the acting, uh, Norton's just as good as Pitt. Um, soundtrack I is think just Norton's phenomenal. I, I, that... uh, yeah. That's probably my favourite Ed Norton Jr. film. Yeah, I think it's got to be, really. Phenomenal. Um, it is phenomenal. And then the the other things, and I've got to mention them because I feel like I have to. So things like really modern Whiplash, which I don't know if you've seen Whiplash, have you? No. I think you might like it. The last 20 minutes is quite a sensational Who's film. Who's in um, that? Uh, Miles that the one? Oh, no, I was thinking it's that the one with, I don't know what I'm thinking. I was thinking Don Cheadle for some reason. You're thinking of Crash, probably. Ah, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah, which is a good film, but no, it's not that. Well, you, know, um, you, you get whiplash from a crash. You Inception. From. Inception, because Nolan, Nolan, and it's it's just incredible. Um, Fellowship of the Ring, because it's like, it's it's of the three. I know everyone loves the other two, but it's just that movie experience, you know, that cinema experience, one of my favourite experiences at cinema, just was like in awe of all the things that went on in that film and the backdrop in New Zealand. Um, Inside Lewin Davis, uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, Lost in Translation, Back to the Future, Empire Strikes Back, Captain America Winter Soldier. Oh yeah, I uh, I didn't even want to start touching like Star Wars because yeah, you know it'd be, it'd be Empire as well. Exactly, Blade Runner original. Uh, as much as I love Twenty Forty Nine, it's not the original. Alien and Aliens probably Seven. Uh, Zodiac, Stand by Me, Drive. Zodiac, yeah, yeah. There's so many good films. I, yeah, I, the Fincher thing. I've done a podcast on Fincher when I did the movie night, which is great. Um, but he's just such an interesting guy, and we wanted to talk, which we never got round to, the series that he released on Netflix last year, um, which is coming back next year. What is it called, and why can't I remember it? Um, you'll also get used to that if you listen to this podcast. It's basically means to forgetting everything we know, um, and then remembering it several hours later. Well, or with the help of IMDb because it's just so useful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mind Hunter. How did I forget that? Um, I think we'll talk about Mind Hunter in the future because it is quite incredible TV. We should, and they are doing we should do like a series. Netflix episode where we talk about. Yeah, you really binge. could. Yeah, because um, what's coming back? Uh, the the documentary thing. Um, Making a murderer. Making a murderer is coming back. Yeah, which is very interesting. Too. Yeah, and they do great things like that on Netflix, the documentaries and all the series, all the Marvel stuff we talk about. There's so much good stuff on Netflix. It's amazing now. Um, 
films are tough. You, you could talk forever in a day and you could speak to one person one day and they probably give you a top five list of X, Y, and Z. And then the next day they might completely change it again because it's so hard, man. I, yours is probably a bit more set in stone than mine, but there's still probably films in there that you could have easily put in a top five. Oh, easily. The, I, I just did my me five gut and then I stopped because otherwise I wouldn't I wouldn't have slept for the last week while I've been thinking about it because I I've, I've always been a big cinephile not not to the sort of degree that you are but films have always been a huge huge part of my life and as with music I can chart you know a time in my life when I watched a certain film and you know it was I was in college or I was in uni or I was this that and the other and they mean a huge huge deal to me. But I just, for my own sanity, I just had to stop. Yeah, and that's fair enough. I think with films as well, I could do a top fifty and, and not even blink. Oh, I, I, I'd, I'd, I'd be surprised if you could stop at fifty. I think yeah, you, you, you're probably comment. the only person I know that could probably rattle off a hundred films that you genuinely love. Yeah, in one go without stopping. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably true. Um, there was a point on Twitter uh, where you did this whole poster picture and every like I get, I do a film. And I got to 50 and I was like, no, I'm keeping going. And I just kept going and going and going. And me being a perfectionist literally did them all, you know, that's before you could do threads. So I was doing one after the other and getting the picture and making it was cropped right. And God, man, OCD is a bitch. Um, but it, it's great because I like that film because because Twitter's good for that. You you get to know what people like, and we've got a couple of friends we've met through Twitter that are just there's a particular guy Victor that you just share a very similar passionate thing about gaming, and he's he's a big film guy, and he's come on a podcast with me. And I love his film taste; it's great, and it's very eclectic like mine. And I think with films, I'm I'm kind of open to all things. I watch a lot of animation with the kids and love all the Pixar stuff and and, and the modern Disney stuff. Um, yeah, so do I. Films have to be great, man. Otherwise, you know, Incredibles two this year is, is, is just such a good film, and Coco and stuff like that. It's been a really good year for. Well, you know, you know what the next big one is, don't you? It's Toy Story four. It is, but there is Wreck It Ralph two coming out. Wreck It Ralph two breaks the internet, which might be quite funny because it's just John C. Riley as Ralph, and it just works really well. The first one's really fun. Um, and then, well, there's, oh, the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, man. That's an oh, animation. Yeah. Oh, my God. That looks amazing. And then Bumblebee's coming out at the end of the year, which I know you will adore because you are a big man-child, but, and I will as well, but my son and me will watch that together. And it's kind of that thing, you know, you get to share with kids that's just such a special experience because he got that buzz that I had when I was a kid. And that's why film's great now because – you can watch all these big Marvel things and these big set pieces, but then a lot of indie films still keep getting made. And when you've got things like Netflix, there's just more avenues for directors and interesting directors to do stuff. Um, we never talked about Annihilation, but uh, again, it went straight to Netflix in the end, but it gives directors just more chance of, of making these interesting films. Um, and it's exciting. And I, yeah, I love talking about film always will. Um, but there's a load of good stuff we, we can talk about. And I, I love some of the stuff that's come out of topics tonight. You could go back and do podcasts on gaming quite comfortably, which we're going to do about, you know, Red Dead Redemption 2. We're going to talk about in depth when it comes out. Um, and other things we're going to do is like reactions, which we've done a little bit in the past things like trailer reactions and it won't just be Marvel, but they are the buzz, you know, like the Captain Marvel trailer went crazy as you'd expect. Avengers four trailer when it happens, if it happens, we'll just go off the charts. You know, it will. Um, 
and yeah, there's a lot for us to cover and we're really happy to be doing this podcast and talking about all these subjects and we really do want the interaction and we appreciate any sharing, any interaction we get genuinely do because people don't have to listen to us and we're not asking for anything in return. We're just asking, just show us some support to begin with because it will get us going and we're going to host this in one place to begin with and that costs money and that's our money. And then going forward, ideally over time, we can host it in more areas for people to listen to get guests on and maybe start to do interesting things and videos and, and articles and whatnot but that's just you know long-term goals maybe yeah so but it's great and the things come out of this so so often and people then turn around and go, oh i love that film i love that game but i also love this and go shit that's ace why didn't i think of that um and that's what gets people talking and that's why we we really love to do this and we just share a kind of passion towards all this what essentially is just bullshit, but everyone's got to live through it. You know, everyone's got their hobbies and there's nothing wrong. If anyone says you're a geek or whatnot, who gives a shit? Because it's, it's what you like to do with your time. It's so what it's great that everyone reads comics and watches games and, and um, plays games and watches movies. And yeah, it's awesome. So is that, so, so what is that episode one? Is there anything else you want to cover? We could go on for hours, obviously, but yeah, we, we could, reason. but we definitely shouldn't. Although no. we, almost always do we we are not one for timing and stuff we're, this we're... has been too bad actually this is quite sensible for us i would say yeah and and we this could have been two and a half hours easily and yeah d- don't it's just get... a snapshot all it is is a snapshot into our differences what we're similar about and and just to get people talking really and just yeah. an introduction into what we like um, yeah so and you can uh, tell already, you know, Green Lantern and me for films is, is Scott essentially Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, me quoting Scott Pilgrim a hundred times an episode will get quite dull to all except maybe one or two of you that share my ridiculous love of Ramona Flowers. Mm. She's been cast in something quite interesting as the Huntress, right? Yeah, she's been Birds cast in the, um, in the Birds of Prey film alongside Margot Robbie. Oh, that's a that's an interesting combination. Yeah. That's quite exciting. Um, For anyone, we that, will do just very quickly on that. It's basically an all-girls DC film. Yeah, it's got a, quite a, a good buzz around it. Actually, there's been some good casting, and it sounds quite interesting. So, we will do a new section. We will do things on on that line. We'll maybe look at recent trailers, not just the comic stuff. Um, when we start episodes, we don't want to appear like every other podcast out there. We want to do our own thing. I've got a lot of love and respect for the other kind of entertainment ones. You know, Skip to the End guys are great. And I listen to the Empire podcast extremely regularly and they have interviews with like great celebrities. We might have interviews with our mates, but that's fine. You don't have to be a celebrity to be on our podcast. Um, although well, if you, you know, want it, to be. <laughs> I was going to say, if you happen to know any celebrities, then you know, exactly. please, please do put us in contact with you know your friend's cousin yeah. who happens to be on a syndicated TV show or something. Yeah, that would be lovely. It, and in, in the thing from us, it would be great to do that over time because it's just to get what we like and what we always talk about with actors in in certain films is that, you, you always go, oh, that actor loves comics and read this and the other growing up. And that's what you'd want to talk to them about, not just the making of a film or what is it like to be this character. You want to talk about why they wanted to do it in the first place, you know, and people don't ask those questions in interviews very often. So it'd be nice to do that in the future. Um, just to close out, and this is a cool thing to do. So 
recommendation wise is there anything you've read recently or watched that you'd recommend or what are you most looking forward to Stu in the rest of this year not many months left now um what I'm looking forward to um getting a few more hundred hours played on Assassin's Creed Odyssey <laughs> of course you are um, Red Dead Redemption 2 Dead of course. 3 uh, Venom Tomorrow Aquaman and then big one, which you reminded me of before, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Which yeah. Is looking crazy, crazy fun. Yeah, I think that film is going to be, I, I I think it's going to be a game changer. That animation style, that many really cool, interesting characters from different Spider universes is going to be awesome. Um, the Bumblebee film is out oh, just after yeah. that which might be a load, load of fun as well. Um, Cause I think they really look like they've nailed it. You know, they've they nailed have, that. They've just totally know. gone back to gen one transformers. So proper eighties yeah. transformers, which yeah. is what everyone's been, been crying out for. And there's no Michael Bay in sight, which is just what everyone no. else is crying out for. Cause he just ruins it. I want to see the, the transformers actually transform logically, not fucking blurred. Cause it's so fast and so frenetic. You want to see it, man. It's, yeah, that's going to be ace. Um, there's a film. I'm a big Damien Chazelle fan, which everyone who puts up with me has to hear about, uh, especially Whiplash. And he's doing First Man, which is out next week, which is uh, Ryan Gosling uh, space film about landing on the moon, first landing on the moon. Oh, so right, that, okay. that that might be really good because it looks it's got a load of buzz and it looks great. Um, I, I were Venom. I'm, I'm a bit, you know, on the fence about. I, I, I know you're against the anti-establishment yeah. critical response and stuff, but I'm hoping it's. I'm hoping there's some nice redemption points in there. Um, Aquaman too, you know, up in the air, but you know, some really good buzz around it. So hopefully it is. It's, hopefully he gets it right. James Wan is a good director. And yeah, for me, Red Dead Redemption's the the game. Um, Super Smash Brothers comes out at some point, which I'll probably be playing on Christmas Day, which would be quite exciting. And yeah, man, Daredevil season three, just nothing but Daredevil season three, to be honest. If I can move forward time to watch it or just get a copy now, that would be pretty damn awesome. Because, you know, we used to, and you still do, watch these things like a heartbeat. And I rarely beat you to finish things, but I might give it a good go. I'm going to be off sick. No, I just watch, <laughs> I'm just desperate to watch Daredevil season three because that trailer today, oh man, Wilson it, Fisk is back else. in a big, big way. And yeah, it could just be, it could be the best thing they've done yet. That's the thing you hope with Daredevil. They seem to just get better and better and the Punisher was a big sign of that as well so fingers crossed um and yeah that's it from us for episode one we will be back probably within the next couple of weeks and we've got to think of a, a talking point um but there's loads of things we can cover and we'll, we'll want your help with that so yeah do get in touch with us do please like and share what we do um we are please tell me what this is to at let's underscore talk underscore pod on pods yeah. on Twitter. Sorry. It's quite convoluted. There's loads of accounts that actually don't use let's talk, but they just happen to have taken them already. And we do have a Facebook account, which is let's talk podcasts, I believe. Yeah. A little bit less convoluted. Um, and that's us for now. We will be available on Podbean as a channel um, and you can download and listen on the go with that or you can just listen to it whenever you want. So that's cool. 
And yeah, we will be back with you soon. And thanks for everyone for listening to episode one.